Thanks for listening to The First Take, First Word Farmer's weekly farmer and biotech news podcast. In this episode, we share our post-ESMO thoughts on exciting new clinical data in HER2-positive breast cancer, further emergence of the KRAS inhibitors into colorectal cancer, and multiple developments in the field of gastric cancer. Please subscribe, like and share, and most importantly, thanks for listening. We'll kick off straight away looking at um, what I think was probably the the standout clinical data presented at ESMO um, this weekend, which which was for the antibody drug conjugate product in HER2, which is being developed by AstraZeneca and Daiichi Sankyo. Um, And this was in second line HER2 uh, positive um, metastatic breast cancer. Uh, Michael, I don't know if you want to kind of start off by talking through the data and just sort of um, emphasising, you know, why it was so impressive and and how it's kind of compared to the the feedback that we had from key opinion leaders before it was presented at at Congress. Yeah, sure. So this is all based on the phase three Destiny Breast 03 trial, uh, and this is in a HER2 positive second line setting so metastatic uh, second line setting and you know the top line results came out a couple months ago and it you know we so we knew that in her two was going to be significantly better than cad sila which is the standard of care the um it's another adc from roche uh, we knew it was going to be significantly better we just didn't know how much better and so this data um, at the at the ESMO conference, they reported a 72% reduction in risk of progression or death, which is pretty uh, eye-popping. Uh, and then on the median side, so that has not been reached, the median PFS has not been reached by central readers, <clears throat> excuse me, but per the investigator, uh, you know, assessment uh, locally, the median PFS was 25 months for NHER2 and 7.2 months for CADSILA. So it just sort of gives at least a directional sense of how big this magnitude or the magnitude of difference is going to be for in her two. And, you know, to put that into context, uh, a KOL in the wake of the top line announcement a few a week, a few months ago told First Word that the they were looking for a six month difference between the median PFS of in her two and CAD Sila, And that would be like impressive. And so this is do the math, 18 months or so that, you know, three times that is pretty, pretty good. So, um, you know, this this sets in her two up for perhaps bigger and better things uh, in the future, which is obviously what a lot of people are looking forward to. So this is, this as I said, this was in the second line setting, a very impressive result. And so likely this will probably become, you know, practice changing in relatively short term, but then the next steps are, you know, can it go to first line? Can it go to um, her to low uh, population? And then perhaps even into the adjuvant setting. These are sort of the, the next steps for in her to um, and sort of explains why AstraZeneca probably paid, you know, 1.35 billion upfront to partner for this ADC. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. in terms of those, in terms of that deal, and obviously we've seen we've seen other deals happen in the last couple of years, and antibody drug conjugates being a, a kind of a really sort of hot space. Um, 
I guess this is a this is a really nice kind of elegant demonstration of how uh, a newer ABC has you know demonstrated superiority over one of the so I guess you know we could we could consider Cadsila to be you know one of if not the pioneering product in this space, but it feels like it's going to really kind of validate that push to 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 invest in in antibody drug conjugates. I mean I'm just looking at. A list of the, the deals that have been done recently. I mean, BMS has done an acquisition, Bowringer, um, Merck, and Gilead, and obviously AstraZeneca has also spent, you know, a significant amount, um, sort of in licensing another antibody drug conjugate from Daiichi. Just on the the clinical side, the other thing that I thought was kind of quite interesting as well is that this product has been. You know, it's approved in the third line setting and it has been associated with um, interstitial lung disease as a kind of a, a side effect, which doesn't seem to, to, to occur, you know, nearly as frequently with Cadsila. But there were two kind of interesting things that jumped out at me that I sort of saw. One was AstraZeneca sort of saying, you know, if you're treating patients in earlier lines of therapy with this product, it seems that the cases are not so severe. And then listening to the, the actual presentation at ESMO, the discussant was also making the point of, you know, over the last sort of three or four years, the community, you know, the oncologist community in general is kind of, you know, is gaining a lot of experience quite quickly around how to, to manage this particular toxicity. So I think, you know, that all, um, that all bodes well uh, for, for in her to going forward. And obviously we want to see, you know, be interesting to see that other data in the future. I think the her to low uh, breast cancer data, I think the phase three results come out next year. And that's going to be the one that's really intriguing because that's an area where, where Roche is obviously a dominant player in the her to space has, 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 has never really kind of done anything in particular. And I think has, has sort of made some comments in the past suggesting that they think that's going to be quite a challenging avenue for AstraZeneca to, to go down. So that's, that's going to be interesting as well. Barati and Amgen, this competition was, I think, coming into ESMO, what a lot of people were really looking towards. Because, you know, you've got Amgen just got on the market with their Lumacras the sort of the first of these small molecule KRAS inhibitors. And there are a lot of fast following competitors coming through. And Marathi is the main or is the leading one of these fast followers. So the big question was, is Amgen going to basically be able to build on its first to market advantage or are these newer, um, perhaps better uh, KRAS inhibitors going to you know, eat its lunch. And so there were a couple different, it, it, once you dig into it, it gets a little compl um, complicated because you've got lung cancer, you got colorectal cancer. Obviously they're looking at other um, tumor types as well, but these first two are the lung cancer and colorectal cancer are what was really the focus here at ESMO. Um, Amgen's Lumacras is approved for the, the specific KRAS mutation um, in lung cancer. And so people were watching out for that. Um, we don't need to dig into all the, you know, the objective response rates and all this stuff. I think that will probably go down a path that we don't need to. But basically what seems to, the message that came out of this is that Marathi's um, adagrasab is, it looks like it has a little bit better response rates with a little bit more side effects. 
And I think that's kind of what the street was expecting coming into the meeting. So, you know, how that's going to play in the market is the real question. Yeah, and obviously, you know, that issue you just mentioned about toxicity, um, I guess that's going to be, you know, critical when um, combinations are involved as well, depending on, you know, particularly, I think, you know, if they're combining with other targeted small molecule drugs, which, are, you know, is, is going to be one of the approaches that they take. I guess maybe the big thing, you know, like you said, this was a kind of a, a hot topic for, for, you know, biotech investors. And obviously, some Marathi investors, I'm assuming, are going to have their, you know, their eye on, you know, what happens if these data are really impressive, you know, does, you know, we've mentioned that some of the other big pharma companies are now moving into the KRAS space, but is someone going to come in and acquire, you know, Marathi, are they going to suddenly become a, a takeout target? The thing that I guess no one was expecting was the fact that the company's announced a new CEO, you know, just, I, I think, on Monday. Um, and I think the, the initial reaction, you know, judging from sort of social media was that, if anything, this probably makes it less likely that Marathi is going to be uh, an acquisition target uh, and more likely, you know, to, to perhaps sort of try and build up its own position. Um, David Meek is the new CEO. He's an experienced guy. You know, he was, uh, he was at Ipsen for a few years. Um, but I guess sort of tied to that as well is the expectation um, certainly among some analysts that, you know, second generation KRAS inhibitors, you know, the likes of Eli Lilly and Roche are already kind of working on these. I think there's a, there's a fairly decent expectation that they could improve on both the Amgen and Marathi molecules in terms of, you know, these products have definitely made a breakthrough because, you know, we've spoken in the past about KRAS being this target that was undruggable for so long. It feels like that having been a breakthrough you know we could see a kind of a rapid advancement in terms of you know subsequent um, agents being being more effective so even before the isma readouts um, the gastric cancer landscape has already been shifting this year via a couple of new approvals in that space so for her two positive first-line patients um, keytruda plus herceptin and chemotherapy was approved earlier this year based on a pretty high ORR that sort of set a new bar for that space. Um, the previous standard of care was Herceptin plus chemotherapy. So the ESMO data readouts that were of particular interest to a lot of investors were from Zymeworks and Macrogenics. And these were programs that had been closely watched as potential challengers to standard of care. And um, so the Zymeworks data was more well-received, I would say. They had some phase two data showing that their bispecific HER2 targeting therapy plus chemo led to a 75% ORR, which was pretty much in line with what the Keytruda Herceptin combo showed. And, but that was a small trial. It was about 28 patients, I believe. So they're planning that phase three program now. And Macrogenics, um, their efficacy data seemed to be a bit underwhelming for investors. They reported a 53% ORR from their phase two, three study. And that was with Margituzumab in combination with a PD-1 inhibitor. Um, but, but there were multiple analysts that noted for, for Macrogenics that it has potential among a subset of patients that can't necessarily tolerate chemotherapy. So it had a pretty decent safety profile and they could carve out a market there given that they have a chemo-free chemo regimen. And then um, 
In a different subset of patients, we also saw a lot of data from first-line HER2 negative patients from LEAP and additional data from Bristol-Myers. So for these patients, chemotherapy is still the mainstay for first-line treatment, but earlier this year, Bristol gained FDA approval of Obdivo plus chemotherapy um, for first-line gastric based on data from the Checkmate 649 study, and that only included HER2 negative patients, and we saw some additional data from them at ESMO that was sort of mixed. So they showed that PDL1 positive patients treated with a Devo plus chemo um, had a PFS of 11.2 months versus 11.6 for chemotherapy alone. So it kind of remains to be seen where and how that will be used going forward. And there will be additional data coming out from that trial over the next while. Um, Leap Therapeutics had a more positive readout. So they reported data from a phase 2A study of their DKK1 antibody in combination with a PD-1 inhibitor in HER2 negative patients. And they showed a 68% ORR across the board and then a 90% ORR among patients with high levels of DKK1. So that was really interesting to a lot of investors. Um, might be a biomarker-driven strategy there. And that trial is ongoing. So that was data from 25 patients. And um, we'll see what else comes out of a larger study there.